The Fenton Village Players Radio Show Program, WFVP, presents a reproduction of a Columbia Workshop radio show originally broadcast on January 29, 1938. Our modern recreation of this old-time radio show was done entirely by volunteers on behalf of the Fenton Village Players for the enjoyment of our listeners and is part of the public domain. And now, we take you back to the 1930s. The Columbia Workshop presents Madame Curie. It's pretty hard, this life we have chosen, Marie. No, it's perfect, Pierre. We have our work, and we have each other. But, Pierre? Yes? We can't exist without each other, can we? If one of us should disappear, the other would not survive. You are wrong, Marie. Whatever happens, even if one of us has to go on alone, like a body without a soul, one must work just the same. Yes, I was forgetting. In science, we must be interested in things, not persons. Tonight, the Columbia Workshop presents an experiment in biography by radio. Now available at booksellers throughout the land is a great biography of a great woman. Published by Doubleday Doran, Madame Curie, the story of the discoverer of radium, written by her daughter Eve Curie, has this month won widespread critical acclaim as a bestseller. In a single half hour, no radio program can adequately present either an entire life story, nor describe as intricate a scientific phenomenon as radioactivity, to the study of which Madame Curie devoted her life. Yet the Columbia Workshop tonight will try, by utilizing the Impressionism which is possible in radio to bring to you both a sense of the greatness of the woman who was Marie Curie and an appreciation of the magnitude of the achievements of the scientist who was Madame Curie. In this production, the workshop's director, William N. Robson, who has written and is directing the broadcast, has disregarded the devices and the sometimes confusing statistical baggage of biography and instead has sought by a technique still unfamiliar to American listeners to interpret a great human being. We want to know what you think of the results. We ask again for your comments, criticisms, and suggestions. The Columbia Workshop presents Madame Curie. The life of Marie Curie contains prodigies in such numbers that one would like to tell her story like a legend. She was a woman. She belonged to an oppressed nation. She was poor. She was beautiful. A powerful vocation summoned her from her motherland of Poland to study in Paris, where she lived through years of poverty and solitude. Then she met a man whose genius was akin to hers. Oh, 
I feel so good. So good. There's nothing like a day in the country to sweep the cobwebs out of your brain. Yes, and get your brain nice and clear so you can put more cobwebs in it. <laughs> Mathematical cobwebs to spin out all over those examination papers next week. Ah, you'll pass. Top of the list again, I'll wager. I hope so. Of course you will. Would you like some tea? Love it. I'll have some ready in a moment. <laughs> what are you giggling about? I was just thinking about that day I first met you at Manzor Kowalski's and how frightened I was of you. Frightened? Well, impressed to be talking to such a famous scientist. <laughs> and now? And now I'm proud that scientist is my friend. Oh, Pierre, this spring has been such a happy one. <sighs> yes, Marie, it has. And it will be over so soon. Examinations next week and then back home to Warsaw. But you're coming back in October. Promise me that you will come back. Now, you know what I told you that afternoon we met. There's work for me in Poland. My father to care for, a position in the girls' school. But if you stay there, you can't possibly continue your studies. You have no right to abandon science now. Well, I should like to come back, Pierre. Very much. Marie, you mean that? Yes, Pierre, I do. Then, Marie, you must come back. You must go on with your work. We can work together and... We, Pierre? Oh, don't you see, Marie? To have found someone who thinks as I do, who feels about science as I do, someone whose intelligence I can respect above all others. I love you, Marie. I want you to marry me. What held and fascinated Pierre Curie was Marie's total devotion to her work. It was her genius, he felt. It was also her courage and nobility. This graceful girl had the character and the gifts of a great man. He would win the girl, the pole, the physicist, three persons who would become indispensable to him. By the words of reason, by words of tenderness, by the deep, irresistible charm of his daily presence, Pierre Curie gradually made a human being out of a young hermit. By the following spring, she had capitulated. In July, they were married. Now, Pierre's existence had only one ideal, to engage in scientific research at the side of this woman, who also lived for science. Marie's was a harder life, because to the obsession of work was added the humble and tiring tasks of womankind. She could no longer neglect material life as she had done in the austere and careless days of her study at the Sorbonne. Eight hours of scientific research and two or three hours of housekeeping were not enough. In the evening, Marie Curie sat down at one end of the white wood table and became absorbed in her preparations for a fellowship competition. On the other side of the lamp, Pierre was drawing up the program for his new course at the School of Physics. Often, when she felt her husband's fine eyes upon her, she lifted her own eyes to receive a message of love and admiration, and a little smile was silently exchanged between this man and woman who loved each other. There was a light in the window of their room until two or three in the morning, and the only sound that could be heard 
was the ardent pianissimo of the running pen, the quiet rustle of the turning pages. By the end of her sixth year in Paris, Marie Curie had acquired two university degrees, a fellowship and a husband, had produced a monograph on the magnetization of tempered steel, and had given birth to a beautiful baby girl. The next step in the logical development of her career was a doctor's degree, and Marie began reviewing with Pierre the most recent works in physics in search of a subject for a thesis. I can't put this discovery of Henri Becquerel's out of my mind, Pierre. You mean his research with x-rays? No. What resulted from it? The rays he found originating in uranium salts. Oh, yes. Do you know? He found that uranium and its compounds emit these rays even after the material had been kept in total darkness for months. Then the rays can't come from absorbed light. Exactly. And the question is, where do they come from? Why don't you find out? I think I shall try. It's a completely new field. Yes, Becquerel's reports were only made last year. Do you think the university would consider the subject important enough for a doctor's thesis? No question about it. Then I'll begin at once. (coughs) That is, after I take care of the baby. (laughs) (laughs) Established in a makeshift laboratory, in a damp storeroom on the ground floor of the school where Pierre taught, Madame Curie set out on her great adventure. Each day, they left for the school together. Each evening, Pierre called for her in her dark, chilly laboratory. Well, what's my little scientist discovered today? Oh, Pierre, it's so exciting. I've just finished examining all the known elements to find if these rays come from uranium alone. And what did you find? Thorium has the same property, Pierre. They both have radioactivity. Radioactivity? Where did you pick up that term? Well, I... I thought it up to describe the properties of uranium and thorium. And a very fine name it is. (laughs) So my little Marie is adding words to the language as well as knowledge to science. Well, we must have exact terms. Certainly we must, little Marie. Now, what's the next step? Well, Pierre, do you think you could lend me some of the minerals from the collection upstairs in the school? Of course. Why? I want to examine them, just to check. If my conclusions are right, then those minerals which contain thorium and uranium will be radioactive and those without will not. That's right. I thought it would be best to make such a check before I go ahead. Marie, do you realize that most scientists would have stopped when they had examined all the elements in the periodic table? It would not occur to them to check the results of minerals. You are a true scientist. Oh, Pierre... I would rather hear those words from your lips than any other words in the world. 
Experiments with minerals confirm Madame Curie's prediction. Those that did not contain uranium and thorium did not show any radioactivity, but those that did contain the radioactive elements showed something amazing. I can't understand it, Pierre. And I'm afraid to. The radioactivity of those minerals containing uranium or thorium is much greater than should be produced by the quantity of thorium or uranium present in the sample. Have you checked your experiments? Oh, yes, yes, over and over again. And there is only one conclusion I can come to. What is that? I hesitate to speak the words, Pierre. Those minerals, those specimens of pitchblende, contain a substance which is much more radioactive than either uranium or thorium. What is it? Remember, Pierre, I have already tested all known chemical elements. Then, those minerals contain a new element. Yes, that is what I didn't dare say. <gasps> I think I've located the source of a new element. I'm not surprised. It is what I would expect of you. Oh, Marie, I am so proud. Oh, but my dear, all I have is the evidence of a new element. I haven't found it yet. There is much more work to be done. Marie, would you let me help you? But you are helping me, my dear. You've always helped me. No, I mean in the laboratory, working with you. This is important. But what about your own work in crystallography? That's nothing compared to the work you are doing. Pierre, you must not ask me to let you help me. Why not? My dear, rather, I must ask you. Pierre, will you help me? We cannot and must not attempt to find out what should be credited to Marie and what to Pierre during the next eight years of their life together. Let us not attempt to separate these creatures full of love, whose handwriting alternates and combines in the working notebooks covered with formulae, these creatures who were to sign all their scientific publications together. They were to write, we found, and we observed, and when they were constrained by fact to distinguish between their parts, they were to employ the moving locution, one of us. In July, 1898, they announced in the proceedings of the Academy, We, we believe the substance we have, we have extracted from pitchblende pitch contains a metal yet unobserved, related to bismuth by its analytical properties. If the existence of this new metal is confirmed, we propose to call it polonium from the name of the original country of one of us. Thus, the little Polish girl had remembered her native land in naming her first discovery. But there was yet another discovery to come, for the Curies had found that their pitch blend seemed to contain not one, but two radioactive substances. Six months later, the Proceedings of the Academy of Science carried another joint announcement. The various reasons we have just enumerated lead us to believe that the new radioactive substance contains a new element to which we propose to give the name of radium. But no one had yet seen radium. Scientists were unwilling to embrace the concept of spontaneous radiation, which upset the fundamental theories upon which their thinking had been based for centuries. Queried the physicist. How do you explain this radioactivity? Questioned the chemist. Show us some radium and we will believe you. You have not even given us the atomic weight for it yet. 
For four years, Pierre and Marie Curie worked on the proofs science demanded. Four years of hard physical labor, of delicate laboratory experiments, reducing by process after process tons of the pitchblende ore, which hid the precious element they knew it possessed. And to think, once I believed that the radium content of pitchblende was 1%, I doubt now that it contains a gram to... <coughs> to a ton. <coughs> this work is too much for you, my little Marie. Oh, no, no, it's all right. It's just the gas from these smelting basins irritates my throat, I suppose. It's a pretty meager life I've let you in for. It's perfect, Pierre. We have our work, and we have each other. But, Pierre? Yes? We can't exist without each other, can we? If one of us should disappear, the other could not survive. You are wrong, Marie. Whatever happens, even if one of us has to go on alone, like a body without a soul, one must work just the same. Yes, I was forgetting. In science, we must be interested in things, not in persons. Pierre? Hmm? I wonder what it will be like. What it will look like. What? Our radium. What form do you imagine it will take? I don't know. I should like it to have a very beautiful color, Pierre. Kilogram by kilogram, Marie treated the tons of pitch blend sent to her from Bohemia. With her terrible patience, she was, every day for four years, a physicist, a chemist, specialized worker, engineer, and laboring man all at once. Nearly four years after she had begun her quest, Marie Curie succeeded in preparing a decigram of pure radium and had determined its atomic weight at 225. Here was the proof. Radium now existed. That night, Marie and Pierre were irresistibly drawn back to the laboratory they had left but a few hours before. Just a moment. I'll get a light. No, Pierre. No, don't light the lamp. But why? Do you remember that day when I said I should like radium to have a beautiful color? Yes. Look. <sighs> it is something better than a beautiful color. Why, it glows in the dark like something alive. Like a great firefly. Come, Pierre. Let us just sit here and look at it. Like something alive. Hold me close, Pierre. Prodigious radium. Its rays were two million times as strong as those of uranium. It spontaneously produced an emanation, radon, which destroyed itself even when enclosed in a glass tube. It gave off heat. It made an impression on a photographic plate through thick black paper. Its rays penetrated every substance but lead. In darkness, it gave off enough light to read by. It was contagious. Inducting radioactivity to any object, plant, or animal brought in contact with it. Thus, radium upset all the old physical theories of the inert matter and the immovable atom. But what was it good for? Pierre Curie and Professors Bouchard and Balthazard 
discovered that the emanations of radium, by destroying the diseased cells, cured growths in tumors, and in some cases, certain forms of cancer. A few months later, Marie Curie received the compensation for which she had discovered radium, the degree of Doctor of Physical Science, awarded with very honorable mention. Six months later, the Academy of Science in Stockholm, in solemn general meeting, announced that the Nobel Prize in Physics for 1903 had been awarded half to Henry Becquerel and half to Pierre and Marie Curie for their discoveries in radioactivity. Overnight, Pierre and Marie Curie became the rage. Fame, breaking about their heads like a hurricane, stunned the two quiet scientists and stripped them of the privacy in which they had worked. Gone were the opportunities for silence and meditation. An interview for the London Times, Madame Curie. It will take just a moment of your time. Couldn't you provide just a brief article for us, Monsieur Curie? So this is the laboratory in which you worked. Can you tell us in a few words how you happened to discover radium? Why don't they let us alone, Pierre? How can we work in the midst of so much hubbub? We'll have to do the best we can. At least the money we get for articles and lectures pays for new materials and young men to help us. But I'm so tired, and there's so much work to be done, and all these people leave us no time to do it. I want to be free to work now, because soon I shall have to stop for a while. Why, Marie, why? Is your cough worse? No. Don't you remember that in five months? Oh, 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 yes. I, I had forgotten. The Curies are a great little couple. In December 1904, a plump baby was born. Another daughter, Eve. Relaxed by this forced rest, Marie regained her taste for life. She approached her laboratory apparatus with a pleasure she had forgotten. And for the next year and a half, the Curies resumed with productive vitality their familiar collaboration. The French government made plans to give them a fine new laboratory, but the plans always fell through. Marie and Pierre might have resented it, but they were too happy with their other work, their children, and each other to be deeply hurt by it. Then on April 19, 1906... Did you enjoy your omelet, Pierre? Hmm? Did I eat an omelet? It's quite possible. <laughs> you grow more absent-minded every day, my dear. <sighs> there is so much to think about. Yes, I know, but please try to remember not to make any plans for Saturday. Oh, why not? We promised the children we'd take them to the country again. Mm, I shan't forget, I promise. I am blessed above all men to have two such children. They're growing so fast. And blessed in you, Marie. Life has been sweet with you. Our life is sweet, Pierre. So late already? Oh, well, I must rush. Goodbye, my dear. Goodbye, Pierre. I'll be back in plenty of time for dinner. Take your coat, Pierre. It's raining. Oh, he'll catch his death of cold someday. That afternoon, coming from his publishers, Pierre Curie walked along the Rue Dauphine in the driving rain. The sidewalk was narrow and crowded. Pierre, by instinct, for a free road. 
He walked sometimes on the stone curb, sometimes in the street itself, with the uneven step of a man who pursues his meditation. He had been walking on the cobblestones for several minutes behind a closed cab when, when he decided to cross the street to the other sidewalk. With the sudden movement of an absent-minded man, he abandoned the shelter of the cab and turned abruptly to the left, directly into the path of a heavy wagon drawn by two horses. Surprised, Pierre, in an awkward movement, attempted to hang on to the chest of one of the horses, which suddenly reared. The scientist's heels slipped on the wet pavement, and he fell beneath the feet of the powerful animals. His body passed between the feet of the horses without even being touched, and then miraculously between the two front wheels of the wagon. But the enormous mass, dragged on by its weight of six tons, continued for several yards more. The left back wheel encountered a feeble obstacle which it crushed in passing, a forehead, a human head. The cranium was shattered and a red, viscous matter trickled in all directions in the mud. The Magnificent Brain of Pierre Curie Madame Curie, widow of the illustrious scientist who died so tragically last April, has been named to her husband's chair at the Sorbonne and will deliver her first lecture on Monday, November 5th, 1906, at half past one in the afternoon. I wonder what she'll say. Well, her subject is the theory of iron and gases. Yes? But a new professor at the Sorbonne is supposed to thank the minister and the university. And it's the custom to begin by pronouncing the eulogy on one's predecessor. Oh, but this is different. Madame Curie is the first woman ever asked to lecture at the Sorbonne, and her predecessor was her husband. What do you suppose she'll say about him? There she comes now. Oh, she's so small and pale. Oh, I, I think she's lovely. When one considers the progress that has been made in physics in the past 10 years, one is surprised at the advance that has taken place in our ideas concerning. Madame Curie had resumed the course at the precise sentence where Pierre Curie had left it. Pierre, we can't exist without each other, can we? If one of us should disappear, the other could not survive. You are wrong, Marie. Whatever happens, even if one of us has to go on alone, like a body without a soul, one must work just the same. Yes, I was forgetting. In science, we must be interested in things, not in persons. And Marie Curie went on and on. Pierre had been a great scientist before they had met. Their collaboration defies individual identification. So much was it the work of both, functioning as one mind. But now Marie Curie was to go on alone, pale, slight, sad-faced. This little woman was to gain fame and celebrity such as no woman has ever known in the world's history. And yet, for the next 28 years of service to science, Marie Curie probably was never fully conscious of the greatness that was hers. Benjamin Franklin Medal, second time winner of the Nobel Prize in 1911, member extraordinary of the Royal Academy of Sciences, honorary member of the Royal Institution of Great Britain, foreign member of the Chemical Society of London, corresponding member of the Batavian Philosophical Society. The list is long. Eight prizes, 16 medals and decorations, 
105 honorary titles showered upon this magnificent woman by a grateful and admiring world. She died in 1934, finally a victim of the radium she had discovered. A year later, the book which Marie had finished before disappearing brought her last message to young lovers of physics. At the Radium Institute, which she had founded, the enormous volume was added to the other scientific works in the light-filled library. On the gray cover was the name of the author, Madame Pierre Curie, professor at the Sorbonne, Nobel Prize in Physics, Nobel Prize in Chemistry. The title was made of one severe and glowing word, radioactivity. You've just listened to a modern recreation of an original 1930s radio show by WFBP. This recording is in the public domain. In the recording you just heard, the part of Marie Curie was portrayed by Sarah Propotnik, Pierre Curie by Matt Osterberg. Additional voices were provided by Shannon Adams, Byron Clute, Kevin Emmons, and Gail Osterberg. The show was recorded and produced by the cast and engineered and directed by Kevin Emmons. Please visit the Fenton Village Players website online to find out about our upcoming productions, including our upcoming Fall 2020 performance of Radium Girls. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System.